Genesis 44, I believe, is where we get started. We're not through Genesis yet. We might finish today, though, because I see that one of these chapters is a lot of names, which we'll probably just skim over. So Genesis 44. Then he commanded the steward of his house, fill the man's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the top of his sack. Put my cup, the silver cup, in the top of the sack, the youngest, with his money for the grain. And he did, as Joseph told him. As soon as morning was light, the men were sent away with their donkeys, and they had gone only a short distance from the city. Joseph said to his steward, Go, follow after the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you returned evil for good? And why have you stolen my silver cup? Is it not from this that my Lord drinks? Does he not indeed use it for divination? You have done wrong in doing this. When he overtook them, he repeated these words to them. They said to him, Why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants that they should do such a thing. Look, the money that we found at the top of our sacks we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. When they would steal, why then would we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? Should it be found with any one of your servants, let him die. Moreover, the rest of us will become my Lord's slaves. He said, even so, in accordance with your words, let it be. He with whom it is found shall become my slave, but the rest of you shall go free. Then each one quickly lowered his sack to the ground, and each opened his sack. He searched, beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this, they tore their clothes. Then each one loaded his donkey, and they returned to the city. Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house while he was still there, and they fell to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, What deed is this that you have done? Do you not know that one such that one such as I can practice divination? And Judah said, What can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? How can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servants. Here, when, here we are then, my Lord's slaves, both we and also the one in whose possession the cup has been found. But he said, Far be it from me that I should do so. Only the one in whose possession the cup was found shall be my slave. But as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah stepped up to him and said, O my Lord, let your servants please speak a word in my Lord's ear, and do not be angry with your servant, for you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a young brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead. He alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, so that I may set eyes on him. We said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother, be brother comes down with you, you shall see my face no more. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And when our father said, Go again, buy us a little food, we said, We cannot go down. Only if our youngest brother goes with us will we go down. 
for we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One left me, and I said, Surely he has been torn to pieces, and I have never seen him since. If you take this one also from me, and harm comes to him, you will bring down my gray hairs in sorrow to Sheol. Now, therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, then, as his life is bound up in the boy's life, when he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. And your servants will bring, bring down the gray hairs of your servant, your, our father, with sorrow to Sheol. For your servant became surety for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I will bear the blame in the sight of my father all my life. Now therefore, please let your servant remain as a slave to my Lord and go in the place of the boy, and let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the suffering that would come upon my father. Whew. Oh, wait a minute. Did Benjamin go down to Egypt with her? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. So, it's hard to tell from, from what's in here. So Benjamin goes down to Egypt. So Joseph sends them back and says, all right, do you have a father or a brother? Yeah, we have a father. And yes, we have a brother. And he says, don't come back unless you bring your younger brother. Because they didn't send Benjamin. Why? Because Benjamin and Joseph are brothers to this, not only to the same father, but to the same mother. He's so much younger. He's the last of, okay, of that so Benjamin couple. didn't go. Not the first time. Not the first time. Oh. Benjamin didn't go the first time. But when Joseph sends the brothers back, so now the brothers are there for the second time. Joseph sends the brothers back after the first time and says, if you're going to come back and if I'm going to receive you, you need to bring your youngest brother because he wants to see him. So then Joseph sets up this elaborate trap where he takes, he has his servant put his silver cup in Benjamin's bag so that he can chase after them, find the cup, and then sit and then basically enslave Benjamin because of this. And so then this last part is then Judah pleading to take the place of his youngest brother for the sake of his father. Yeah. Or their father, I should say. And don't you think that was a test to see how Judah would react? Oh, see how all of them would react. Right. Right? Yeah. Because they learned their lesson. Yeah, what did they do to their young brother the last time? Yeah. Right. So, and and now they... They're willing to give their life for his now. Right. Whereas, whereas before they were not, obviously, willing to do anything close to the same for Joseph. Right. So, yeah, absolutely, it's a test. It's a test. And one of you pick up with 45. Uh, then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried, make everyone go out for me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years. And there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Make haste and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, near me, you and your children and your children's children, and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. And there I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. And now your eyes see me, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, and that is my mouth that speaks, and that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my splendor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Make haste and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Now the report was heard in Pharaoh's house. Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this, load your beasts, and go back to the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat the fat of the land. Command them also, Do this, take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father, and come. Give no thought to your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh, and gave them provisions for the journey. To each and all of them he gave festal garments, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five festal gar garments. To his father he sent as follows, 10 asses loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten she-asses loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. Then he sent his brothers away. And as they departed, he said to them, Do not quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob. And they told him, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart fainted, for he did not believe them. When they told him all the, all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them, when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. I'll take 46 here. So when Israel set out on his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's own hand shall close your eyes. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried their father Jacob, their little ones and their wives, and the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to carry him. 
They also took their livestock and the goods that they had acquired in the land of Canaan, and they came into Egypt, Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. Now these are the names of the Israelites, Jacob and his offspring who came to Egypt. Uh, skim that, and then we'll jump down to verse 26. All the persons belonging to Jacob who came into Egypt, who were his offspring, not including the wives of his sons, were sixty-six persons in all. The children of Joseph, who were born to him in Egypt, were two. All the persons of the house of Jacob came into Egypt were seventy. Israel sent Judah ahead to Joseph to lead the way before him into Goshen. When they came into the land of Goshen, Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet his father Israel in Judah. Goshen. He presented himself to him, fell on his neck, and wept on his neck for a good while. Israel said to Joseph, I can die now, having seen for myself that you are still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh, and will say to him, My brothers and my father's household, who are in the land of Canaan, have come to me. The men are shepherds, for they have been keepers of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. When Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation, you shall say, your servants have been keepers of livestock from our youth even until now, both we and our ancestors, in order that you may settle in the land of Goshen, because all shepherds are abhorrent to the Egyptians. Um, so let's pause there just for the next chapter really quick. Shepherds oh. are, Go ahead. Shepherds are an abomination to the yeah. Well, I guess it's because they are the Egyptians are planters in the valley. Yeah, they don't do it. Yeah. And therefore, it's, you don't want the animals around eating your food. Yeah, that could be that could be it. Um, there could be just other cultural, you know, no maybe no one to do it because it was right. The Egyptians are are a lot more cosmopolitan mm -hmm. um, because of the because they're already established agrarian lifestyle. As compared to the, I mean, Jacob and his lot, you know, being being shepherds and, and herders are still pretty much, they're still kind of nomadic. Mm -hmm. They sort of have these places where they regularly set up, but they're also on the move quite a bit. Um, yeah, they're so they're kind of a, they're a civilized step behind the Egyptians in that sense. They're not, they haven't made that jump up yet to, to civilization, yeah. so Settled. to speak. To What's that? To real settled. To be a settled people, yeah. Yeah, certainly. And that's sort of the quest that's inherent in the promise, right? Because what are those two things that have been promised? Descendants and land, land right? So if you're going to be land, and specifically if you're going to have land as a permanent base, that's going to be cities, which means you have to have aqua and agriculture, right? You need to have water and you need to have, have uh, growth. There is a... There's sort of a double... Um, a double sort of hitting of one point here. And it really deals with um, understanding what's coming next for God's people. So what does is, what is Joseph say to his brothers after he reveals himself about why they shouldn't be, why they shouldn't feel bad? That he was sent by God ahead of time mm -hmm. to prepare a place for them. Right. 
So even though, and, and it's always been this um, sort of question specific to the Joseph story, but also specific, I would say, or more broadly, I would say to, um, you know, our relationship to God is when things happen, if they will produce good, can we say they were sort of divinely intended all along? So Joseph, who is obviously tossed out of his family by his brothers, sold into slavery, winds up in jail for several years and all this stuff. Ultimately, it produces this situation where he is in a position to benefit his family and, and he's become a very rich man himself. So when he looks at this, he makes the, he makes the declaration that what? God intended this. This was always part of the plan, right? This sort of idea of providence and God's hand at work. Um, if I guess you could say whether it turns out well or whether it turns out poorly, but for, for this group, it's going to turn out well. Why? Because they're chosen. They're chosen, right? They have the promise from God. Yeah. So no matter sort of, it becomes this sort of no matter what happens scenario, especially when, who, who is the chosen one to succeed Jacob? Out of all the sons. Joseph. Joseph, right? Well, if Joseph's the one that's been chosen, and if he gets sold by his brothers into slavery and sent down to Egypt, well, if he's the chosen one, it sort of follows that it all has to be sort part of some providential exercise. Um, that's the way that Joseph interprets it. Now, so we have that understanding that comes from Joseph, and it kind of sets up the next part. But Joseph says, don't worry, you sent... Now think about what happens to Joseph specifically. He's enslaved... And he's enslaved where? Egypt. Right? Who's that reminiscent of? The Israelites more broadly. Later on down the line. We haven't gotten there yet. But Joseph goes through this period of enslavement in Egypt. But it's okay. Because okay in the sense of it's, it's sort of what God has been doing. So then, step forward a little bit into Jacob's dream. Now, and Jacob's conversation with God. What's God say to Jacob? Go ahead and go down. It's safe to do it. It's my will for you to do it. It's my, it's my will for you. It's definitely God's will. Now, is it safe? Let me see here. Jacob, Jacob. Uh, this is within verse 2 of chapter 46. And he said, here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again. Um, I caught that right away. Is it, you know, what's interesting about that? What is, so what are the promises of God there? You'll, you'll be safe. He'll be with you. You'll be a great nation. God's going to go with you. God is going to make you a great nation there. But you get also... Is it going to be safety, back. though? 
He says, don't be afraid. Uh, Go down. Okay. See what I'm getting at here? Yes, so it's I do. this it's this very strange sort of Joseph recounts to his brothers that in hindsight, don't feel bad. God was doing this all along, even though you sold me into slavery into Egypt. God now speaks to to Jacob, to Israel, and says, Don't be afraid. Go down to Egypt. I'm going to be with you, and I will bring you back up again. Doesn't real doesn't get very specific about what's going to happen. Right. But that specificity is sort of found within the within the story of Joseph's life itself. Though we made a great nation. I mean, that's so great in terms of what? Well, great in terms of there's a lot of them. The slavery is tough. And you get this, why do you get the edict from Pharaoh generations from now to that sets up the Exodus story? Why do you get the why do you get the story about killing the the Israelite newborns? Uh, well, because they had become large and powerful. There's too many of them. There's too many of them. So they do, They, in that sense, they prosper, or at least um, become a great nation while they're down there. Um, Egypt is a, is a fertile land. There's there, And there's enough food to not only grow the Egyptians, but to grow these, you know, this enslaved underclass um, to, to wild proportions. So much so that it starts to scare the Pharaoh um, eventually. So that, and once they have become this sort of great in number nation, then the rest of the, then God, it's time to bring them up. So it's almost like they're planted there for a time in order to grow, um, at least in terms of how, at least in terms of how those recounting it in Genesis are gonna look at it. Um, that's kind of a... We don't know how long they were in Egypt, except that the Pharaoh dies, and those who were around the Pharaoh, and no Joseph, and Joseph dies. Yeah, it's... Gen I, yeah. And so it, it probably is a number of generations. It's generations. Yeah, it's... And let's... I need to bring my book uh, about the Egyptian uh, to show you. It's a book for children, and it shows how all the events of the Nile and what they did at different places and where they had big trading stations. Oh, they were a huge empire. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, you're right, it doesn't say, and I just peeked ahead next, it doesn't say how many generations between between this and the new king of Egypt yeah. sort of rising up. I kind up. of picked up that maybe it was, you know, it's going to be five more years of the famine. So maybe they thought it wouldn't be really a long time said five years, but then who knows, five years could have meant something different. Well, they got comfortable there, probably too, at first. I mean, everyone's comfortable at first. And then it just sort of slips into this this disproportionate relationship. But yeah, there's definitely a, there's definitely a portion of this that has already begun looking towards the, the enslavement of, of the Israelites. And, and already sort of laying the groundwork for yeah, but this was part of the, this was always going to be part of it. The, the whole people of God are going to live through the Joseph story in a sense. And, and Jacob's heard directly from God that you're going to go down there, but I will bring you back up. And the fact that he says Joseph's hand shall close your eyes just tells you Joseph was going to come back up also, doesn't it? No, that's... Joseph's I, there when he dies. Yeah, that's going to be... You're not basically. You're not going to die on the way. 
is what he's saying. Because that's another reason for, so that's another reason for Jacob to be afraid. He's old. He's close to death. A trip is a dangerous thing. And so if he's not going to, he wants to see Joseph before he dies, but the risk would be that he both expedites his death, doesn't die at his home and dies on the road. And, and God is promising him, go down and basically, I'm going to let you live long enough that Joseph will be the one with you when you die. So you'll get to see him again, is the promise there. Close your eyes for good. Is the Oh, I get that. But what does he mean then well, that I will bring you up again? So that's that shift in and out of... It sounds Gener- like generations. he's saying you can go there and then you will also be able to return home. He is going to bring him up again. But remember, you transfer into your descendants. You, your glory transfers into your descendants. Ah, uh, okay. So he doesn't mean you literally. Not you literally, but I will bring you, you up again. I will bring people. your great nation up again. Okay. Which that is makes, you. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's and we just don't see yeah, the world they, in those same terms. Did they bring the remains of Joseph? Jacob back with them when they came? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that. Maybe that's maybe that's part of the tradition. But this is more. This is even that whole. Remember we talked about um, a couple weeks ago, like the idea of the levirate marriage and and Onan, where you have to marry your brothers. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Even the story of Onan that was in here a couple chapters ago. You marry your the brother was married, didn't have kids. The other bro- and died. The other brother has to marry and have kids for the deceased brother who never right. has kids. So even though genetically they're coming from your brother, they're still going to be your legacy, right? So that's when we think about the ways that they thought about legacy and generation. It's just very. So they Jacob will be brought back up again, whether it's his bones or not. He'll be brought back up again as long as his descendants got it. Come that back makes up again. Sense, yeah. Because I'm like, if they're bringing him, if he's returning and Joseph's going to be with him when his eyes are closed, that means Joseph's returning right. and he didn't. So no, it's going to, That's a, you. You bec- your glory becomes your generation's got actions. It. Got it. All right. Uh, someone to pick up with 47? I turn back 45. All right. So Joseph went in and told Pharaoh, my father and my brothers and their flocks and herds are all and all that they possess have come to the land of, from the land of Canaan. They are now in the land of Goshen. And from among his brothers, he took five men and presented them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to his brothers, what is your occupation? And they said to the Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds as our fathers were. They said to Pharaoh, we have come to sojourn in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. And now we pray, let your servant dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any able men among them, put them in charge of my cattle. I got a question here. Mm -hmm. 
Well, then he had a chattel. Uh, but Goshen is supposed to be a very good area, and it is the, it is the very end of the Delta. Yeah. So why aren't they raising animals there? What they must be doing is planting and harvesting and feeding the cattle. Mm. They don't feed them grasslands. It's not because that's not grassland. I don't know that answer. That's a good question. Um, that's the geographer coming up. Yeah. <laughs> then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, how many are the days of the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojourning are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of my life, of my fathers, and the days of their sojourning. <laughs> I guess he's not as old as his ancestors. <laughs> What are you saying there? And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Then Joseph settled his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the lands, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Hmm, Ramesses. That's a common name of Pharaoh's, but mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that that was... Is it saying here that Ramses is the name of the pharaoh? Uh, not necessarily, no. And Joseph provided his father, his brother, and all his father's household with food according to the numbers of their dependents. Now, there was no food in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished by reason of famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grains which they bought. And Joseph brought the money to Pharaoh's house. And when the money had been all spent in the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? For our money is gone. And Joseph answered, Give your cattle, and I will give you food in exchange for your cattle. It's a money, if your money is gone. So they brought their cattle to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the herds, and the asses. And he supplied them with food in exchange for all their cattle that year. And when the year was ended, they came to him the following year, and they said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is all spent, and the herds of cattle are my Lord's. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for food, and we will and we, with our land, will be the slaves of Pharaoh, and give us seed that we may live and not die, and that the land may not be desolate. 
So Joseph brought all the land of Egypt for the Pharaoh. For all the Egyptians sold their fields because of the famine was severe upon them. The land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he made slaves of them or from one end of Egypt to another. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have this day brought you and your land for the Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land, and at the harvest you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and four fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field, and as food for yourselves and your household, and as food for your little ones. And they said, You have saved our lives, 